Welcome to the Potter's House Podcast. Today we join Pastor Michael as he teaches on prayer during our Midweek Seek series. We pray that this message pulls you closer to the heart of God and deepens your prayer life. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, for they utter the mysteries by the Spirit. I want to read that last part again. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Uh, So let's start. Tongues are, number one, a divine communication. Uh, This is a language... If you want to define it, uh, when you look through the scriptures in Acts, uh, the word tongues in the book of Acts very literally can mean a language not naturally acquired. So we're not talking about you go to, you, you pull up Rosetta Stone and learn how to speak another language, right? This is a language not naturally acquired that you speak by the utterance and by the moving uh, of the Holy Spirit. So uh, it's acquired by the infilling of the Holy Spirit from Acts 2. All those good Pentecostals in the room, we know Acts 2. And on the day of Pentecost, when they were in one place in one accord, the Holy Spirit fell and tongues of fire sat on the head and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is not the initial evidence of a spirit-controlled life. Because there's a lot of people that speak in tongues, but they're not controlled by the spirit. So, I want to help you understand that. That just because you speak in tongues does not mean you are spirit-controlled. Right? And so, to bear the fruit of the spirit is to be spirit-controlled. To live a life where the spirit literally controls your life. Uh, Number two... You don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. Thank you. I appreciate that over there. The one amen. I said, you don't have to be full of the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. The Bible said, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. The blood of Jesus is enough. It's the finished work of Jesus that grants me access to heaven, right? Depart from me, I never knew you. I would submit to you it's more important that he knows me than it is that I know him, right? So he knows me because when he sees me, he sees his son, he sees the cross, 2 Timothy 2.13. Even if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself when he sees me, when he sees him in me. So before we dive too deep into this, I want you to know living the spirit-controlled life has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. The spirit must control every part of your life, not just your prayer life. Are we on the same page? Cool. So again, the the tongues in Acts 2 are available to everyone. They were all full of the Holy Ghost and spoke to everybody can receive the tongues in Acts 2. From Acts 1 to Acts 9, you could say that basically the Holy Ghost was just for the Jews. You could say that from Acts 1 to Acts 9. But in Acts 10, there's a crossover event that happens in the house of Cornelius, who was a Gentile. 
And so that, that's me. So look at somebody next to you and say, that's you. We are the Gentiles, right? So the Holy on the Jews from Acts 1 to 9, Acts 10, the Holy Spirit's poured out on the Gentiles. That's me. Now that means that anybody can receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. All men, everybody. So there's a difference between the prayer language tongues and the gift of tongues outlined in 1 Corinthians 12. According to 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of tongues must always be interpreted by another person. That's Acts 12. If one speaks in tongues, let another interpret. To one he gave the gift of tongues, to another he gave the gift of interpretation. Paul did that. He put order in the church because they were having issues in Corinth of 50 people giving a message in tongues and nobody interpreting. So there was order that was needed. If you're going to give a tongue to the church, it must be interpreted. Y'all with me? Okay. Must be interpreted. But when I am praying... When I, when I get alone by myself, whether I shove my head in a pew, I come up here to the altar, when I am praying to the Lord, that's between me and him. 1 Corinthians 14, we started with it. 1 Corinthians 14 too. Does not speak to people, but speaks to God and utters the mystery by the Spirit, okay? And so our prayer language is us speaking to God. The gift of tongues Wow, there's a plane flying very low over here. Uh, the gift of tongues is God speaking to us. Y'all with me? Okay. They speak, he continues, they speak unto men, not, uh, they speak not unto men but unto God, and they speak mysteries. This word mysteries is translated as a hidden purpose or counsel. The secret will of men, uh, the secret will uh, or, or hidden thing, a secret mystery generally mysteries, plural, religious secrets confided only to the initiated and not to, not to ordinary mortals. That's what the word means. I'm not making this stuff up. That is what the Greek word mysteries means. Who are those who have been initiated? Those who have been filled with the Holy Ghost and those who speak with tongues. I'm going to give them the secrets. Now, there are other things that go along with receiving the secrets of the Lord. Psalm 25 and 8, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. So it's not just about, okay, when I start speaking in tongues, I'm going to get all these secrets from the Lord. I have to live a lifestyle that says the Lord can trust me with his secrets. Right? Okay. Y'all need to shake yourselves. Wake. Wake up. So then 1 Corinthians 14, 14, Paul makes this statement. He says, my spirit prays. The Amplified Version says it like this. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit, prays. Right? Okay. So we are three-part being, spirit, soul, body. My spirit, so it's not my body praying. It's not my soul praying. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit, prays. So when you hear... Me or someone else that's up here praying in a microphone or someone you walk by in the pew praying in tongues, they're not just rambling off a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's not just a bunch of made up stuff, right? Their spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is praying, okay? So that's, this is where Paul starts. It's divine communication. My spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. Number two, it has a divine purpose. The divine purpose is to magnify God. 
Acts 10, 46. Acts 10, Peter has come to the house of Cornelius. Uh, they have they've come to the house. Peter is preaching Jesus. And the Bible says, as Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. And in verse 46, it says, they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. The word magnify here means to make great, to enlarge, or to increase. So God becomes larger to the person who prays in tongues. We're talking about tongues specifically because I'm going to show you in a minute that praying in the Spirit is not necessarily praying in tongues. Person who prays in tongues, we are magnifying God. God becomes, God doesn't get larger. We put the focus on Him. How many of you know whatever you focus on becomes bigger in your life? right? Whatever you focus on becomes bigger in your life. So tongues, when I pray in tongues, which we're going to do tonight, I make God as big as he is in my life. It aligns me with him. It clears my mind of fleshly thoughts and evil thoughts, and it aligns me with him, okay? Uh, again, I've tried to, ex I've expressed this many times in the last couple months, that we as humans have absolutely no power to make God bigger. Zero. God is who he is. He has not changed from the beginning. And just because we've got all this fancy technology and all this mumbo-jumbo stuff we do, we can't increase how big God is. He is God by himself. What we can increase is our awareness of him. We can increase how big he is in my life, right? I can increase how large God is in my life. He's bigger than my storms. He's bigger than my problems, bigger than my issues, bigger than the things I'm praying about. And when I pray in tongues, I am making him as big as he is in my life. Then there's number three, divine edification. Well, let me, let me go back here. You, you've heard, if you've been here long enough, you've heard my father tell the testimonies of times that he's been out preaching or times that he's gone evangelizing and he, the Lord moves on him and he begins to speak in tongues and he'll have somebody come to him after service and will say, you said, I'm, I'm, I'm a major in Greek or in my language, you said. And every time, every time it was something about Jesus being glorified. It, it wasn't about, you know, Lord strengthen the people. It was Jesus be glorified. Every single time, right? Because they spoke in tongues and they magnified God, okay? So number three is divine edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, okay? This word edify means to become a house builder, to construct, or to edify. Uh, modern translators... I love technology so much. Stinking thing. There we go. Modern translators describe this word like this. To charge up such as charging a drained battery. 1 Samuel 30 and 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged. That word encouraged means to edify. David edified himself in the Lord his God. And so there are times when, quite frankly, quite frankly uh, I'm, I'm weak, I'm worn down, I'm frustrated, I'm aggravated, and I get into my time of prayer, and, and I begin to pray in the Spirit. I begin to pray in tongues, and all of a sudden, I feel strength that rises up on the inside of me. I feel a supernatural strength that I didn't have before 
Why? He who speaks in an unknown tongue constructs or encourages himself in the Lord. Y'all with me? He encourages, he edifies himself in the Lord. He charges, right? That's what the modern translators say, to charge up. He charges his battery in the spirit. Y'all ever felt like your battery's dying in the spirit? Y'all don't want to pray. You're exhausted. You're worn out. You might feel that way tonight, and you're going to leave here supercharged in Jesus' name. Your battery's going to leave here supercharged because you're going to pray in the spirit, and the spirit is going to come and strengthen you and edify you. So not only does he edify us, he edifies us in our weakness. Romans 8 verse 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Anybody ever been there? I don't know what I ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That is a power-packed verse of Scripture right there. That when I don't know what to pray, His Spirit prays for me. His Spirit prays with me. There are sometimes you'll be in service and people will just start groaning all over the room and you think... What is wrong with these people? Nothing's wrong with them. They don't know what to pray, so the Holy Ghost is praying. Or they're, they're, the Lord is burdening them, or he, they, he's encountering them, right? Isaiah fell on his face when he saw the Lord. John said, I saw him and fell at his feet like I was dead. So the spirit in our weakness, this word weakness means malady, frailty, disease, infirmity, sickness. In our malady, in our frailty, the spirit prays with us. He prays for us. Uh, the Bible said in Psalm 103, 14, he knows we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And I got to thinking, we are awfully arrogant for little pieces of dust. I mean, truthfully. We're not talking about dirt. Dirt is hard. We're talking about the stuff that comes off your shoe when you walk in the house and smack your shoes together. The little particles that float in the air. He remembers that we're that, right? It makes, that, it makes creation that much more powerful that Jesus didn't reach down and pick up clay. No, he, he grabbed dust and made me out of dust. And, and so he remembers that, that we are that way. He remember, and we ought to remember that we came from that. We ought to remember when we go before him, we did not create God. God created us. We, we, what did he tell Job, right? I believe it starts in like Job 37. God just begins to just absolutely smack Job upside his head with his words. And he says to him, were you there when I spanned the heavens with my hand? Well, Job's going through all this. He's listening to his, you know, ignorant friends. And God sits down and he said, Job, were you there when I spanned the heavens with my hand? Were you there when I picked up the waters and they sloshed in the palms of my hand? He goes on this long list of were you there? Where, do you remember? Were you there? And Job and Job 42, after God gets through all that, Job 42 and 6, Job says, I've heard of you with the hearing of my ears, but now that I see you. i heard of you, but now that you've opened my eyes to another side of you, I can't stand who I've become. And so we've got to remember 
we are dust. And when I see him for who he is, I remember the spirit prays for me, prays with me. And sometimes it's in tongues. Sometimes it's in groans that can't be uttered. But every time it's he searches the heart and knows the mind of the spirit. We quote that scripture in 1 Corinthians. No one knows, uh, um, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the, the plan that God has for them to love. And we quit reading. Like there's some gigantic mystery that God's playing hide and seek with us about. No, keep reading your Bible. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, that which God has prepared for them who love him. But the Spirit searches the mind of God. And has revealed these things to us. So the spirit knows the mind and the spirit begins to pray. This word, he says, intercede. This word intercede means to intervene, to mediate, to reconcile, or to step in. So when I'm praying in the spirit, guess what happens? The Holy Ghost steps in. Come on. It's no longer me that's praying. It's my spirit that is praying. He steps in. He begins to pray for me. He begins to pray through me. He begins to communicate with God the Father on my behalf. Come on now. Oh, awfully quiet in this room. He begins to pray. So when you don't know how to pray or you feel burdened and you don't know where to start, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. Why should you start there? Because the Spirit of God, he ends Romans 8 by saying, the Spirit intercedes for God's people, listen, in accordance with the will of God. We talked last week about praying the Word and how the Word reveals the will. The Spirit of God will never pray in opposition to the will of God. So when his Spirit is praying through my Spirit, he is always praying in line with the will of God. And 1 John says, 1 John 5, that when we pray according to his will, we have this promise that he hears us when we pray. So we pray in the Spirit because the Spirit prays in accordance with the will of God. If you pray in tongues and you come out of your prayer time with something that's not found in the Bible, you were just rambling. You were just making stuff up. Because the Spirit always, every time, there's not one time where the Spirit will not align my heart with the Word of God. Come on now. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the half-truth Word of God, the whole truth of His Word. I told I might have been last week or it might have been on a Sunday morning. A half-truth is oftentimes more dangerous than a lie is. And the Spirit of God will always lead us into truth. Amen? Then there's refreshing. Isaiah 28, 9 through 12. Who is, it, who is it he is trying to teach? To whom is he trying to explain the message? To children weaned from their milk, to those who are taken from the breast, for it is. Do this, do that, rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there. Very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the resting place. Let the weary rest. So this word rest means comfortable, ease, resting place still for the weary. So those who are, who are burdened, those who are thirsty, come to this place in the spirit and you'll be refreshed. It means rejuvenated, invigorated. There, there will be something 
that happens to you when you begin to pray in the spirit that causes you to feel like you just entered into a space of refreshing. You'll feel stronger. You'll feel like you could fight somebody, not in the flesh. You'll feel like you could take the devil on by yourself when you learn how to pray in the spirit. Y'all with me still? All right, we got one more point and then we're going to pray. Number four, we pray with divine understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. We're going to hit that. Otherwise, if you bless the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words of my understanding than I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongue. Basically, what Paul is saying is you've got to have both the spirit and the practicum of the spirit. If I got up here and just preached to you in tongues, ain't nobody going to understand what I'm saying. Why? Because if it's not flowing in the gift of tongues and it's my prayer language, that's just between me and the Lord. You're not supposed to understand. So Paul is saying you have to pray. You, you've got to pray in the spirit, but also pray with understanding. So what does that mean? So he says, uh, so what, I, what I'm trying to, to convey to you tonight is praying in the spirit is praying with the spirit. I would even submit to you that you are most praying in the spirit when you are led by the spirit in prayer. Say, so what do you mean, pastor? I mean, when you are praying in tongues, or I mean, when you are seeking the face of God, when you are passionately praying in the spirit, and then all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit nudge you to start praying for your brother, to start praying for your sister. And now all of a sudden you switch from praying in tongues to now praying with what? Your understanding for a brother or for a sister. If I'm praying in the spirit, if I'm in my place of prayer and I'm praying in tongues and I'm praying and God says, you need to start praying for Luke Sullivan. All of a sudden, I'm going to start praying for Luke out of my understanding. Lord, touch Luke. Whatever's going on in his life, Lord, bless him. Give him favor. What am I doing? I'm praying with my understanding. So praying in the Spirit is not always speaking in tongues. It's praying with the Spirit. It's partnering with the Spirit in prayer. So there's some of you in the room tonight who say, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I haven't ever spoken in tongues. That doesn't mean you can't pray with the Spirit. He will still speak to you and say, you need to pray for that person, or you need to pray for this person, or you need to pray for them, and you begin to pray. You are being led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. You're being led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. So, uh, so not only do we pray in the Spirit, now this is going to stretch some of you all, but we can sing the songs of the Spirit. He said pray in spirit and then we pray with our understanding we sing in the spirit and we sing with our understanding right so not only can i pray in tongues guess what according to the scripture i can sing in tongues i know that stretches some people because like well, i don't i never saw that what you never you were never in a first century church service Paul is literally saying, sing in the Spirit and sing with your understanding. Now, I want to show you something because in Ephesians 5.19, Paul says this. He says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, songs 
from the Spirit. One more time. Songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. The word spirit in Ephesians 5 here, it's the, 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 the Greek word ruach. And it means pertaining to wind or breath. So what is Paul saying? Sing songs that carry the breath of God. Sing songs that carry the wind of God. The life of God. Always speaking, right? If, I'm, if I get in my car and I'm listening, I'm a sports radio guy, so I listen to 97.1 whenever I'm listening to my radio, which is not often normally. I've got, I got fire, fire beats on my phone, so I just plug in the aux cable and, and start listening to my phone instead of the radio. But if I'm, if I'm listening to the radio and, or I plug my phone in and start listening to my phone, guess what happens on the radio? They keep talking. They don't stop talking just because I changed the channel. And that's a lot like God. God has not stopped talking. The Spirit is speaking now. Oftentimes I found when I can't hear Him, what I've done is I've changed the frequency. If I'm listening to 97.1 and I switch over to 104.9, 97.1 just keeps on going. I've changed my frequency. So, so the Spirit is always speaking, therefore, there is always songs of the Spirit to be sung. Revelation 5 says this, and they sang a new song. Somebody say new. I know we hate new songs. They sang a new song. Y'all don't like new songs when they introduce them in service and sing them for a couple weeks so you get used to them. We're not going to like heaven. There's a new song that's being sung continually. And in heaven, guess what? There ain't no projectors. There's no overhead projectors. There's no LED projectors. There's no LCD projectors. They're just singing songs to the Lord. And what happens, this word new, right? Revelation 5, 9, they sing a new song. This word new, unprecedented, fresh, unheard of. So when we're worshiping, when we're praying, and God begins to lay something on your heart, he could turn that into a song. I mean, if you were here Sunday morning, you saw it. I mean, the last half of that service, those were not songs we'd ever written. Those are not songs we'd ever practiced. That's not, but you know, we've created a culture here where we just follow the river, and God has blessed us with musicians who are spiritual and not just talented, who can follow the river so I can go off and sing whatever I want and they'll follow. I'm following. Pastor David's leading. They're going to follow him. Is this making sense? And so a lot of times we get into services and Pastor David just starts going off and ad-libbing. He's not ad-libbing. He is singing a new song. The song of the Spirit. Y'all with me? It's the song of the Spirit that he is releasing over the room. The song of the Spirit. And there, there's something to be said for all of our preparations, all of our practices, all of our gatherings, right? We practice, we plan, we prepare. I pray, I prep. 
I'm in the word. I'm asking God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do for the people? And I feel like I've got direction to show up on Sunday morning and nothing happens that I planned for. Nothing happens that I prepared for, but watch this. Everything God wanted to accomplish in the room got accomplished. You know, before I prophesy over people, I, I spend time praying in tongues because I'm aligning myself, especially as a pastor. Listen to me. Because I know things by virtue of my office and because I am a prophetic person, that makes it difficult to prophesy because I know things. So when I'm getting ready to prophesy, I've got to align my heart and say, God, is this you speaking or is this me knowing? And when I pray in tongues, guess what happens? Everything becomes clear. Everything becomes clear. And my heart is now aligned with his spirit. There are times that I've entered into prayer and I just don't feel anything. I just, and I need to feel, it's not like, I've had plenty of times in my life when I've prayed and I've got up and said, I don't know if God heard a word I just said. But I prayed according to his will. And I know his word said he hears me if I pray according to his will. But then there's times I just, I need to get a hold of God. I need God. to. I need to know he's listening. I start praying in tongues. And after a few minutes, something starts stirring. Something starts stirring on, not just the inside of me, but in the atmosphere around where I'm praying. And all of a sudden, I've come to a place called breakthrough. Where now the Spirit of God is praying through me. Is this making sense? It's making sense? To pray in tongues. Some of you, up to this point, you've not made it a habit to pray in tongues. Some of you up until last week didn't make it a habit to pray in the word to pray the scriptures I hope you do now and I hope after tonight you make it a habit to pray in tongues there's breakthrough that happens for you there's breakthrough that happens for others it aligns my heart aligns my will my emotions and then at the conclusion I know I don't know what I've been praying, but I know he's heard me. And I know I'm getting up and I'm edified. I'm strengthened. I'm equipped. Because I've been praying in the Spirit. I want to stretch me today. I'm going to stretch some of you too. I want everybody to stand with me because we're going to go into our time of prayer. The band can come worship team can come and what we're going to do tonight I'm going to do something real quick just to show you what I mean what I've been teaching and then I'm going to release you to go find a place in this room and to pray in the spirit until breakthrough happens so for some of you breakthrough might happen immediately for some of you this is a lifestyle for you so you're just going to jump right into it for some of you it's going to be different it's going to be weird but I'm asking God for breakthrough in prayer tonight 
in the spirit life of those who are here. And at the end, and maybe we'll do this differently. I don't know. I'm just going to. So what I'm going to do, we're praying with the spirit tonight. So I may come up here. We may intercede in our understanding and pray for specific things. But at some point, I want to pray for people who don't have, who haven't received their prayer language, that want to, that have a desire to, that God would baptize you in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But what I want to do right now, I want you to just lift your hands, and the first thing we, t- we are to do in the presence of the Lord is to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. It's to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. So this is a time where you begin to thank Him out of your understanding, not tongues. Thank Him out of your understanding. What He's done for you. How He's redeemed you. Come on, it ought to be louder in here.